Coming to you live. Live. And podcasting around the globe. You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast. Guaranteed to tickle your real estate loving ear holes. And now, here's your host, world-renowned TV heartthrob and investor extraordinaire, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with the Best Deal Ever Show. Today, I am joined by my good friends, Glenn and Amber Schwarm. How you guys doing? Hey, Ken. Hey, We're Ken. great. Good to see you again, buddy. Looks like you guys are doing great there on the beach, right? <laughs> I wish. Sure. That's how it works. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we roll in our world. You guys definitely win the award for the best backdrop. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm channeling that warmth because it's literally like nine degrees outside today. Oh, yeah. So tell everybody where you are. Upstate New York. Yeah, we're up by Albany, New York. So we're in the coldest part of the whole country probably. So it's, it is what it is. <laughs> a few days bone before chilling Christmas. Today. <laughs> yeah. You guys have snow on the ground and all that good stuff? Oh, yeah. Two or three feet of it. Oh, yeah. No way. Are oh, yeah. Serious? We've been beat up this year. Yeah, this has been a crazy winter. It just got started here. Yeah, a couple days after Thanksgiving, it dumped 22 inches in 24 hours. <laughs> That actually How, shut our city down for a day. Yeah. How do you even do real estate for like the three or four months out of the year when everything's just covered in snow? You pay people to plow it out of the way. Well, when uh, you yeah. say that, but we, we just recorded an episode of one of our shows and it was, it was, we were literally walking in snow up to our waist. Like yeah. we're walking through, we're trudging through. We had to get there. We, their camera guy, he had a hard time getting through. Actually, it was pretty funny. what was even funnier about that though, there were, we went in the house, there were these huge icicles that were hanging by the front door. I mean, they were probably two feet long each. I mean, yeah. the icicles were huge. And about 20 feet long. Yeah. All of, across, of the, all across the, the whole front of the house. And then we walked out and all of the icicles were on the ground. And thank goodness, while we were on the porch, they didn't fall off. There was a snow slide on the roof. So I had heard, I heard a crash inside. I thought somebody, I thought like something happened outside. And sure enough, they, uh, they all came crashing off at the same time. I mean, in all seriousness, you could have gotten impaled if those had fallen on you. <laughs> That's I think something it, I, think, I don't deal with. I've never worried about being impaled by uh, any icicles in Atlanta. It's only I think Amber may have had that. Hammer may have had that set up for me. I just didn't time it just right. That <laughs> may be right. what happened there. Yeah. Right. She's like, I may have lucked out. Yeah. Next house, we'll paid, try again. I just paid the life insurance. I don't know what happened. some correlation there. I don't know. <laughs> she kept pushing to raise the value too. It's I don't know what that right. was about. Really strange. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. But in all seriousness, you guys have a thriving business in upstate New York. You guys wholesale and fix and flip or primary wholesale. What's your what's your primary model? Whole, yeah, now it used to be a lot more of the other way around, but now we do a lot. We, we'll do um, about 80 to 90 deals this year. We'll see how many we're close here as the year winds up, but between 80 and 90, and it's mostly wholesale. Then we do a, we cherry pick a dozen or so renovations, and then we hang on to rentals too, single family or two family rentals. Yep. So we hang on, we try to hang on to, you know, anywhere from six to a dozen of those a year as well. And then we're turning nice. some of those into Airbnbs. Yeah, we're doing short term rentals on those too. So. Interestingly enough, it's where you guys are right now, right? Absolutely. We are, we are in one are of your basement. Airbnbs, which I think is great. Yeah, we we have the beach in the back of our in the, in the basement of our Airbnb. So <laughs> wouldn't that be great? We actually, brought in sand and everything. It's the real experience. <laughs> well, we, have, we have that in our pool out back. We did. That's yeah, true. So. That's right. You guys do. That's amazing. So uh, what's it? So upstate New York. I mean, it's you're working in Albany for the most part. Is that right? It's called the Capital Region. It's Albany and all the surrounding cities. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, it's, I mean, from, from what I can tell, because I've spent a little time with you up there, I mean, it seems like the margins are pretty darn good. What, what's like an average price point for a house up in Albany? You know, I'd say to buy before we fix it up, you mean? Like a, yeah, and then what's a resale? 
you know, I think realistically, we're looking probably in the anywhere from the 50 to, to 100 range, you know, to buy and then resale, you're looking at anywhere from the mid 100 to mid 200 range ARV. Okay. okay. That's average ARV. Yeah, I think the average median price is about 220 for houses here. Okay. Uh, for regular houses. Yeah. So, yeah. And the other thing that you do that a lot of folks um, probably haven't graduated into is you do a lot of television, right? You guys do a lot of local television to find deals. Yeah. How has that worked for you guys? We started about seven years ago. We just started with one station and kind of growing. You know, we're, we're well known in our area because of that. So we've really branded ourselves. And so now we added a jingle on about a year ago and that's really changed things. Uh-oh. And now people hate us because they know our jingle. So like, I hear that it's in my head. I'm like, awesome. So it works. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if you hate it as long as you remember it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So people go, oh, you guys are the ones. So we get a lot of recognition and that, and that helps because, you know, obviously you can't make somebody sell their house, but people are funny too. They'll see, they'll go, hey, you guys are on TV. I go, yeah, they go, we're not selling our house. I go, I wasn't asking. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not asking. Weasel it out of them somehow. No, I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I didn't ask you to sell your house. Okay. But branding yourself does separate you from just the people that are going out and putting the we buy houses signs on the telephone poles, you know, yeah. and then some people might feel more comfortable calling that kind of person, but some other people want the more solid business, you know, the, to, to think yeah. that they're not getting scammed. And, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it feels more legitimate when they're dealing right. with you guys because you're well known and you've got Right. Ads. Everybody knows if you run a commercial, you're legitimate, right? Right, of course. <laughs> That's the funny part, right? TV, people think they're on TV. They must be somebody. No, I just paid money. Yep. That's all I, no. That's right. yep. I just paid tens of thousands every month do. to do that. So, yeah. Right. So, right. Very funny. And is that your primary model for, uh, for marketing, for acquiring off-market? No, we do. So, you know, ironically, most of it comes in from there. That's probably where the lion's share of the money goes. But we do a lot of certainly digital and social media um, and also uh, direct mail. So okay. that, that's, you know, we, we kind of spread it out along among all those. Yep. They all seem to work well together, you know, because you never know people come, and people come in through Google and, and our marketing company will say, let's came in through Google. I'm like, yeah, but they actually saw us on TV, then Googled us. Right. So yeah. it's tough to track some of that, you know. And all, that, all that stuff just supports each other because, you know, yeah. there's that old saying in marketing, you have to have like seven touches or 10 touches or whatever before somebody actually makes a move. So, you yeah. know, maybe they see us on TV and then they see us on social media and then they get a direct mail piece. And, yeah. You know, it all works together. It is very tough, I would imagine, to track back to, to TV because who knows after they saw the jingle what they, what they did next. Right. We have our, we make sure that our acquisitions team is always asking, but people oh, yeah. are funny. They'll, they'll say, oh, I heard you on the radio. We actually don't run radio ads. So I'm like, uh, oh, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> so right. exactly. It's so funny. So you do the best to assume they know, they know, if they say they mention the jingle, then they'll, we know that's going to be TV. So we do our best. We're going to actually, we're going to actually have some different phone numbers for different, I haven't told you about this, but different phone numbers for different stations now. Oh, see if we can sort of track some of that. You know, we're trying to trying to track the best we can to get the best best ROI we can. But even with numbers. that, that only works if they call the number. If they go right. to the website, right? Exactly. Well, and they still might have watched it on one and then called on the other. You, you just don't know. Right. But right. <clears throat> but the bottom line is, it it's working. You're doing TV. It's a lot of money, but you're getting enough leads, and, and you are getting yeah. the ROI. Yeah, and That's I think awesome. that yeah, like Amber said, I think just making us legitimate and making us a real company. Yeah. They see our office. People stop in. You know, it all helps. That's right. That's right. So you've been at this, how long? How many years have you guys been in business? Since the end of 07. The end of 07, we did our first one. So what's that? We bought, well, we bought it in 07. We sold it when the market crashed in 08. Right. So that was kind of the, Oops. the, that's what we, yeah. So we didn't, people have always said, oh yeah, you guys were, uh, you guys were brilliant. You got in the right time. Like, no, we were just broke. <laughs> we we're brilliant. We were <laughs> broke. Yeah. We, we had to make large chunks of cash and didn't know how to do that. So we got into real estate. So that's what we did. It was 2007. 
did, did one house, then that was the three first the year, three year. the next year, then seven. seven. And we jumped to 20. That was too fast. We kind of grew too fast and learned a lot in there. Yeah. Um, the cracks in our armor started showing at that yeah. point. I always say when you take any structure in the world and apply pressure to it, the weakest spots will crack first. Yep. You know, so whatever it is, that's where, so that's same with a business. If you put pressure on it, the weakest spots is where, where you start to ooze. Very true. You know, so that's, we learned, we learned a lot the hard way with that. So well, ironically, we're still that, learning every day. I no, think it was that year that we, I think it was that year we bought the deal we're going to talk about today. Oh, really? You, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. Well, let's, sure. let's dive right in. That's a great segue. Let's dive right in. How did you find your best deal and what made it your best deal? Just curious. We made $221,000 on it. Enough said. Enough said. <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> Show's over. Thank you for everybody for uh, joining us today. No. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about how you found this deal. This is really a cool story because our this house, number one, is in a town called Gilderland, which is a pretty high-end area. Great school districts. Um, the average house sell for a lot more there. There are houses in this area that are over a million dollars, you know, which is a lot for our area. Yeah. And um, this particular house... I got a phone call from an agent I, we, in the early days and we still do. We work a lot with agents to get pocket listings. Yep. And I'm, I'm sure everyone knows what that is, but um, he called me and said, Hey Glenn, got a house in Gilderland on two and a half acres. And it's like a 3000 square foot ranch. And I say, he said, with a pool. And I, I said, I'm listening. And he said, here's the deal. The bank will not allow me to list it on the local um, MLS because they hate them. <laughs> so they had, they, you know, these MLSs can be very political and very oh, weird, yeah. right? So this, yeah. this particular MLS had pissed off this bank apparently, and they said, we're going to list it on another one. It's called the Fulton, uh, Fulton, Montgomery. Fonda Fultonville, which is, which is probably uh, 30 miles away. Well, most people up there aren't going to know about the market down here. Right. It, it won't be pounced on like sharks. So I, I said, I'll go look at it. So we drove in the house that day and we pulled in. Now the, the address was Foster Lane PR, which stands for private road. I didn't know that. Okay. But we drove back in and went, Oh wow. We had literally just moved into our own house that we had renovated for a year. Like two days before two that. Two days before we drove into that house. Till and then we our almost hearts kind of like sunk. Although we love our house, but this piece of property was just, wow. you know, Two and a half acres. It was a private road. There was, was a pool. It was a huge cave. It was like private. I went, and Amber, I looked at each other for two seconds and went, No, 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 no. We, we're both thinking the same thing. Do we move right. into this house? Right. You know, we're like, Don't no. go there. Don't go there. No. So we ended up putting, putting an offer on the house. I remember calling my agent and saying, So uh, what do you think? What will they take? I think they were asking, like, um, let's say 125 or 127 or whatever it was. And I offered them like 122. Well, they took it. And that was 25 for all that. I guess yes. that was at the oh, bottom. Wait. Oh no, it gets oh, better. Wait. This is the best deal ever. Right. So I'm trying Why to give it to even offer 122. You're like, ah, I need it for 122. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, I said, do you have any other offers? And he said, no one knows about this because it's on the other MLS. I said, let's go at 122. So they took it. So <laughs> I figured, Hey, whatever. Yeah. So we buy the house. We, get ready for closing. And my lawyer calls me and says, Hey, so you're buying this house over on Foster and it's got uh, seven acres of land. I said, no, it's got two and a half. And he goes, Nope, seven. I go, I'm telling you the MLS listing says two and a half. He goes, and I'm telling you as your lawyer, you're wrong. It's seven. <laughs> and I said, okay. Come so we bought the house. Yes. Five bonus. I've heard of bonus acreage. I've even done some where I got a little bit extra, but you more than doubled. Five. You tripled it. Yes. 
oh yeah, this is why it makes such a great deal. So we, we find all that, we close in the house, we renovate the house, we had major contractor problems. So even with all of the headaches, you know, this, we had a contractor problem. They weren't going to pay him. He went and he didn't get the right permits. Then he went and reported us, even though he didn't get the permits, he reported us to the code enforcement. They made us rip out granite countertops to prove. We the had the right structural pieces in place. And hire an engineer to come in and prove. And he still oh. made us put extra support. So that was like a five, $6,000 hiccup. And you know, the property was beautiful. The outside of the house was in pretty good shape. The inside was pretty, you know, it was very, very dated. The woman that owned it had multiple great, dogs. Great, great Danes. Great Danes, like seven of them or something. Seven Great Danes in so, the house. you know, it was, it was pretty disgusting in, inside. The pool was in like a fenced-in area, and there was a cover on it. And all the plants were growing up through the cover. So you could <laughs> actually see there was a pool there. Wow. And so Glenn like goes, what is in this fenced-in area? I didn't, I was right up on it and wasn't quite sure it was a pool. There was that much that much growth around it. And I, I literally put, my, I was walking very slowly. I remember putting my foot out going, that feels soft. And I, I press it. All the trees go. And I was like, that's a pool. Okay. Wow. And then, then my, I would have laughed so hard if he had fallen. No. <laughs> you notice a theme here. First, I the ice pool killing yeah, yeah. then the drowning. There's a lot of issues with her and I apparently going, I didn't know this was coming out, but apparently it's good to know. So. She's got different strategies for different seasons. In the winter, she's Help. using ice. <laughs> Help anyone. If I disappear, you'll know what happened now to me. <laughs> Look at one of the houses. So we go through and renovate. And by the way, this had a detached <coughs> six car garage also. Yeah. This property was crazy. Come and on. Yeah, beautiful. The, the one challenge was it was right behind us was an old dump. Now, it was old, so it was all grown over with grass, and they had those vents that yep. come out to air out the methane or whatever. Yep. So yep. this neighbor said, sometimes you can smell in the summer, but not very often. But that was the only kind of downfall. Yep. So we flipped the house. We sell it for like three eighty seven. How much money did you put into it? I know our profit. I got to think what our numbers are. Over, over 100. That was a lot of years ago. <laughs> Yeah, that was a lot of years ago. Um, <coughs> over a hundred, I think. Okay. Not maybe not around a hundred. It wasn't right, horrible. Right. Around a hundred. Call a hundred. Um, and then I know the price we sold the lots for, but I'll tell you about that. So the process of this, we sold the house, but we subdivided the seven acres. Now, yep. one was already a building lot, so that this was people. That was kind of like separate too. It was like a little chunk, a little yeah. rectangle over by itself. It wasn't even attached. It was on another road, and it was all by itself, and it was part of this plot. Because the people that bought that owned it many years ago owned, they were old farmers that had you know a hundred acres, and as they took stuff out to give to their family, it just sort of like they took pieces of the puzzle out. Right. The stuff stuck with the original deed. I got gotcha. you. So the one building lot we sold for forty grand. I put it in the market and sold it just like that to a builder for forty grand. Oh my god! I was like, well, that was that was great. And the next, so here's where it gets interesting, right? <laughs> this is fun. The next lot, I try to describe this. You you come down a private road and you pull in this beautiful area. And it's all private and wooded. Well, the other building lot was like, um, let me see, that was, a, that was a small lot. This was like a one point something acre, whatever, or maybe a two acre building lot. It was right in this person's front yard. Whoever was going to buy the house, it was in their front yard. So now they're quiet. So you'd lose all your privacy. Like if somebody were good, was right. going to build buy that and build a house on it, you'd totally lose that private right. feeling. So they, that they was a neighbor or that was the subject property? That, so the house that we had... <clears throat> This, this lot was attached to it. Got it. And we were, it, we were planning on, we subdivided it. So we were going to sell that lot. Gotcha. Right. But had we sold that lot. Right. 
the, the existing house that we flipped would be looking right at it. So they would have lost all of their privacy. So the guy that bought that, the guy that bought that house, we said, before we put it on the market, we'd like to offer it to you for, you know, $70,000. We, we, so we're going to get a premium, right? And he's like, no way, no way. I'll give you 50. And I'm like, nope, nope. So we're, so here's how I negotiated. <laughs> so one of our guys that worked for us said, Hey, my dad's a surveyor. I have survey stakes all over the place. You want me to go put some survey stakes out? I said, sure. So he goes, so he goes on the weekend and he puts in survey stakes. No way. The next day we get a phone call from the guy going, we take 60 grand for that lot. <laughs> so we settled on 60 grand. I had to owner finance it for about six months, I think, but then he paid it off. And um, it was the funniest thing is that he just needed a little, he needed a little encouragement. That's a all he needed. Motivation. A little, just a little motivation to get him going. And my oh, guy's funny. like, I have these stakes. Show me to put it on. So I'm sure he goes, he goes, are you going to sell it? He goes, what are you doing? I go, well, we're getting ready to sell a lot. It's like, yeah. So uh, what will you take for it? That's how we settled that. So we made an extra hundred on the, on the land. So all in, however it worked with the renovation costs, but I know, I know that our profit all in was a hair over $221,000 when we sold everything off and it took about, you know, a year and a half to get every, eh, maybe a little less than that, probably a year and three months. But with the, we had to pay for the subdivisions. So that was a couple thousand bucks yep. to get that done. Um, but at the end of the day, still to this day, that's been seven, eight years ago. And that's probably, that's still the highest profiting single deal yeah. that we've done. And that was one of those years where we were struggling to f figure things out. We had not done well in a couple other houses. And then you have one of those whammies and you're like, well, that'll even be your out. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So what did the, what did the house itself sell for? And did you sell on the original I, two and a half I think, acres? I think 387. Yeah, that, that went on like, I want to say maybe, yeah, two and a half acres went with, a, went with the house or yep. three acres or something like that. So I think 387 is what the house sold for. That's, that's still, I mean, just the house for, to yeah. get it for 122, that's yeah. insane. You got yeah. all that acreage, you get a house just by itself was worth 387 plus the yeah. bonus acreage. That's crazy. I mean, and now knowing what I know now, well, I still would, I still would have done what I, what I did, but knowing what I know, I bet you we could have almost wholesaled. We could have done a subdivision and wholesaled that first house. Yeah. And probably made a hundred grand on that without even touching it. Yeah. Cause that, cause the property was so hot. It was such a great looking location. We didn't know about all that back then. We didn't know about wholesaling and how to do all that. But looking back, we probably could have made just as much, but still was a beautiful just a beautiful oh, property man. for them. Beautiful deal. It just, everything clicked together. It was like, we just kept laughing about how it all came together, you know, just crazy. Right. You know, some of my uh, biggest deals have been where there's been some land that we can subdivide. It's and some, yeah. it's like people miss that sometimes that it's, Oh, it's just on a large track. Yeah. No, it's on a track that can be subdivided. Yeah. And that yeah. land's worth way more by itself than right. included in, you know, some big, big parcel. It is, it is funny. We've done several like that too. It's like, so you sell them both a lot. Yeah. We'll put it all in the same thing. Okay. <laughs> okie doke sounds good you know? yeah we'll take it <laughs> yeah How funny that you sold the house though knowing you had the lot right in front of it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the survey stake was the best though because uh, literally the next morning the phone rings so <laughs> right, right things, just, things just got real <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> that was hilarious yeah yeah oh that was great good stuff so, okay. So this was early in your career. How, what did this do in terms of your mindset? How did it change things for you guys, you know, to build the business you, you guys have built now? Well, I mean, I, I think, I think it definitely opens up the potential for possibilities. Yeah. You know, when you make almost a quarter million dollars clear on one deal, you know, you look and say, huh, what an industry I'm in. Right. 
you know, yeah. things start to change for you. So I think that that totally changed your mindset. Yeah, yeah. psychologically, I think we oftentimes pigeonhole ourselves into, you know, only making a certain amount or thinking that that's all we're worth or whatever happens yeah. like that. But then when something like that happens, it, like Glenn said, it can kind of open your eyes up to other possibilities. And wow, I really, you know, your confidence gets boosted. We learned about land. We le that was a yeah. big learner about just what we talked about. That was a big learner. And wow, if we can ever find extra lots, which over the years we've found many. Yeah. And they're always, it's almost like, it's almost like a bag of money and you have to do a little bit of work. Sometimes you don't have to, right? Sometimes you buy a house, it's all subdivided. They're like, yeah, just that, the, no, that this is, we had a house we bought one time. There was a house that was attached to it in the back. And I didn't know till we bought the house. I walked up there. I was like, there's another road up here. It had road furniture on another road. I go, oh my gosh. this is crazy. I remember selling that. We sold that lot for like 50 grand. I'm like, that was an extra 50. I didn't know it was going to be there. So we learned the value of land. Totally. And how if you, you know, I think look for every opportunity to maximize a deal. That's probably the biggest yep. thing we learned is, you know, where else can you, what else can you maximize in this deal? How else can you make money in here? Whatever yeah, what's it might the be. highest and best use of that property? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We, we actually go looking for properties on acreage now for that very reason, because mm. people miss that. They just think they happen to have a house on three acres. Well, crap, if I can take one of those acres and use it, build a house on it, yeah. Even if I break even on the house and get the lot for free, right. totally worth it. If you yeah. build on it or sell it or whatever you're going to do with it. Because the house isn't worth more, really. Even the house has an extra acre on it. It's not worth that much more than, you know, if it's right. four or three, not going to be like, oh my gosh, I pay an extra 40 grand for that. No, you won't. Right. No, you won't. Not for That's the extra right. acre, you know. That's right. Unless you subdivide it. And now it's worth probably right. 40 or 50 by itself. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty that's cool. great, man. Guys, this is a good one. And that's a good reminder for folks that are out there, especially if they're finding properties that happen to have a little bit more land. And you can't really uh, coach somebody on how to get bonus land like you did. <laughs> like yeah. that was, that's never happened before. And that may never happen again. Yeah. To, yeah. To go to the closing table in that high of an, that high value of an area and find an extra five or four and a half, five acres. That was a crazy conversation. I fought with my lawyer for a day. I'm like, I don't think so. He goes, I'm telling you, and I'm like, I just think, and then, no, you had that, this can't be happening to right. me mentality. This can't right. be happening. Right. But I think like, I've gotten that lucky. <laughs> I know. But, but you know, I've, I talked to other people, you and I have talked about stuff. It's like, we're not lucky. We're out there doing our yeah. deal. That's we're right. out there grinding and working. And then that stuff every now and again, they don't happen yep. every day. Right. But every, you know, every baseball player, I don't care how bad you are. You swing that bad enough, you're going to connect. That's and right. sometimes you connect with a big one. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, right. Yeah. A lot of our students, they, they always, you know, they're kind of, how'd you find that deal? How'd you find that deal? And that's our answer because we're in the game. If, yeah. you're, if you're not in the game and you're not making deals, you're, those kind of things are never going to fall on your lap. Yeah. Yep. You got to be out there. You got to be doing it. That's right. For sure. That's a very good point. I mean, the reason we're talking about it is because it was a unicorn. It's not going to happen every, every day, but you're hundred percent right. right. It will happen. You will find triples and, and home runs just by doing this enough. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. We, you win the, you win the game on singles for sure. But you every now and again, you that's hit right. one of these right. bad boys. I've never topped it since, but believe me, I can't wait to top it. But just, just haven't as of yet. So. Yeah, that's right. Guys, thanks so much for coming on, man. This is a great story. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for yeah, having Yeah, thanks us. for having us, Ken. Appreciate it. All right. Talk soon. Hey, friends. Let's talk for just a minute about the market we're in right now. It's tough, right? Deals are hard to come by. The last thing you need is trouble funding a deal once you've done the hard work to source it. Trust me. I get it. I've been at this for 16 years, and financing deals is often a huge pain in the rear. So... I decided to solve the problem. I launched Red Capital Lending for real estate investors like me and probably like you. The days of paying 12% interest are over. And if it's taking more than a week for your lender to close, you're using the wrong lender. 
We've built Red Capital Lending for the sole purpose of providing the lowest cost of investment capital possible. I'm talking about interest rates in the sevens. With the highest level of customer service and with the fastest turnarounds, our goal is to provide funding within five days. If you've got a deal coming up and you're ready to save money and avoid the typical hassles associated with most lenders, take a minute and just submit your deal at redcapitallending.com. We'd love to work with you and show you just how easy it can be to fund your next project. Again, redcapitallending.com. Okay, so let's get back to the show, except in this segment, we're going to talk about the deals that didn't go so well. Hope you enjoy. All right, I'm with my good friends, Glenn and Amber Schwarm out of upstate New York. Guys, I want to hear about your worst deal ever. Ah. <laughs> well, we've had a few over the years. Out of, out of 600 plus deals, you have a few. You know, you do this long enough, you're going to have stuff. People that say, people that say to me, I've never lost money. I said, well, you haven't done enough deals. Yep. That's right. You're exactly right. <laughs> totally. Because <laughs> you're going to get hit. You're going to get hit eventually. So happen. I'm probably thinking about the one on the 57 acre, right? Yeah, the contemporary house. So we bought a house. What do you want to know about it? I want everything. Where'd you buy it? What'd you buy it for? Why'd you buy it? It was in Glenville, about 15 minutes away from where we live. And okay. it was at the top of this super steep dirt road hill. And those of you who know how the Northeast is in the winter, it was very treacherous. Getting, well, let me, let me back, let me back yeah. up. It was on 57 acres 57 too. 57 acres. Yeah. I mean, the driveway alone was probably a mile long. Yeah. Wow. You, you, yeah you couldn't subdivide, but here's how we found it. This is crazy. We ran a help wanted ad for like an assistant at the office and it had our name signature home buyers in yeah. the, in the ad. And she called up and said, I'm going to apply for the job. And by the way, do you buy houses? And we're like, yes. So we didn't hire her, but we ended up buying the house. It was a strange situation. She was actually um, kind of captive is the wrong word. She had, a, she went out and did, but she had a very mind controlling man in the house that she couldn't get out of the house. Hmm. Even though the house was fully in her name, he kind of had her kind of had her wrapped up pretty tight and she wanted, she needed to escape. So we had to help her get out of the house. She asked, we said, will you please help me do the paper? We'll, we'll help you all that kind of stuff. Let's get, get me out of this situation. And then she could slip out in the night and do her thing. And we had to get him out, whatever. So wow. it all worked out. It was a little bit crazy, but that's how we found it was off an ad. So this house was like Amber said, it was on 57 acres of land, um, two ponds. The lawn was about four acres. Oh my the, mowed, the mowed lawn, the driveway was maybe half, uh, I don't think by half, probably a good third to a half a mile long. When you're driving up in wow. the winter, it felt like a mile long. And it was yeah, yeah. steep. No rails on the side. And a, and a drop off with trees on the side, like a, like a good, like probably a you know, 60, 70 foot drop off. It's a good drop off with no, no rails. And the water certainly works its way down and washes it out and a little ice. bit. Yeah. The former owner used to park an SUV at the bottom and then get on a four-wheeler and go up to the house. Wow. And you, get, you get up there, it's a beautiful contemporary, 4,000 square foot, very unique house. We had wow. never bought anything like this before, but we bought it for 205. Holy cow. So I'm thinking- 205, what year was right. this? Um, it was- well, it was because I was in the hospital. So Cruz was born in 15. It was the end of 14. Yeah. So Damn. we buy it for 205. She had to get out. She's like, I just want, and, and the house, the, the inside, she couldn't keep up with the amount of work that it needed. It needed a lot of work. And the mate, well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but the mate, just to keep the lawn mowed and to keep the driveway plowed was a, a ton of money yeah. and, and pain <clears> and just whatever. But the house was very custom. So it was so custom that the basement, 
in this one section, the basement was so tall, there was a full basketball court in there. Like not, like not oh, a full boy. basketball court, but a, but a, um, a hoop. And, yeah. and, a, and enough to shoot a free throw. And it was like, it was probably what, 15, 18 feet tall in there? Oh my goodness. And they, and they may or may not have grown pot in one of the other rooms. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they had a weed, they had a weed room for sure in the basement. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyways, so we, we buy this house and um, we, we start doing renovations on it. And we realized quickly that this is not, not something we've done before, right? This is a big house. It had radiant heat all throughout the floors. Um, there was some freezing stuff in that. There was a, just a lot that we weren't used to. It had a, the, the well was up there and it had a thousand or 1500 gallon buried water tank had a buried oil tank, a new one, but a buried oil tank stuff we'd never really dealt with before. Yeah. And so we're trying to figure all that out. And but it had a lot of unique features too. It wasn't, it wasn't a traditional house. So it's not like you could just go and put the same stuff you always use in. I mean, everything had to be specifically picked out, you know, between the light, you know, contemporary light fixtures and vanities. And I mean, just everything had to be, you know, it had to fit the style of the house. And I think one thing you don't always think about too, when you're, you know, like the normal house that we do is between probably 1500 and 2000 square feet, yep. 2000 probably on the high side. Yep. I mean, this house was 4,000, 4,000 square feet. So the time it takes you just to do totally. the simple task of painting yep. and skin coating the walls and, you know, everything else you have to do the size of it just makes it take longer. That's right. And an outside patio we had to worry about. All those up, up yeah. big, big, like a patio. You could oh, see for almost a rooftop on, patio yeah. with the fire pit up there, the almost, fireplace up there. Yeah. About a hundred miles you could see from the rooftop. A stunning view. Yeah. Was like, it like really a cool. second home type home or was this, this I mean, almost it was a like local a business owner who built this custom for himself back in his heyday. He is a guy that sold appliances, kind of like an Eddie's appliances kind of guy. Like yeah. you see maybe and he was like one of those guys. So he was really well known in the area. Okay. And he, I didn't know that till after. The, the, and it, 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 I'm sorry. It was, no. it was really dated too. Like you go in the master bathroom and it had the big, huge corner, like mauve pink tub and pink sinks right. and pink toilet. And there was like green marble tile in the formal living room. And the cell phone service was great because there was a cell phone tower on our property. Now we thought we could subdivide that land and sell it. The former owner, not sell it, but lease it. Yeah. The former owner was getting like 15 grand a year to lease that piece of, and he still gets it. He'll get that forever because that cell phone tower is on his property. So he, so he, owned, he owned, carved out just that little yes, piece for himself. Yes. Yeah. Very smart. Smart. Because we're thinking that, because that's what we're going to do. We're like, oh, let's carve that out. And then we're like, crap, you already got to it. <laughs> so anyway, so we start doing the deal and we get over our heads on it. You know, it's a lot of work to do. And we're anticipating like $180,000 profit on this house. We're anticipating a big number on it. We think it's going to, we bought it for two hundred five. It should sell for $600,000. we will put a hundred some thousand into it. Our holding costs are maybe 50, 60,000, you know, big, big holding costs for big money. And mm -hmm. just the power alone was five, 600 bucks a month in the winter time to heat it here. Sure. And, and then you got to plow the driveway and you know, that driveway, that was one of those winters where it snowed all winter. And it was like 400 or 300 bucks a time to plow the driveway. And I think the lawn was 400 bucks to mow it because it was four acres. And every time, every time he got done, he had to start over again. He like never stopped mowing, you know, <laughs> it was nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. So we, we had a lot of stuff there. So we ended up doing the house and we sold it. And when all was said and done, we pocketed a ripe $4,000 on that deal. Wow. So that though we didn't lose job. money, it sure felt like we lost money. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah right. All, we lost time and effort and risk and all yeah. that other stuff. But the, the other thing, the other big lesson that I took from it too was, you know, number one, what did we sell that for? About around 
around five seventy eight. We, we we tried to sell for six ninety nine for several months. So no one bit. For our area, that's on the really high end. So sure, yes. number one, your buyer's pool for that amount of money is much much smaller than yep. the two hundred thousand dollar houses that we sell that usually sell within a week. Yep. Um, so we were dealing with a much smaller buyer buyer's pool to begin with, but then on top of that, you couple that with a contemporary house. And most of the right. houses on here are very traditional. Yeah, so yeah. that was a big, big, big learning lesson is, you know, if you are gonna go on the higher end, stick with a traditional house because having a contemporary house made an already small buyer pool even smaller. Yeah. We, can we law, I tell you what we really, what really hurt us was holding costs. Yep. So we held that house for almost two years. Oh Just, crap, oh you had it took, for that long? It took forever. We, we had to take it off the market in the winter. I went up there in the winter. I remember literally going down the driveway and it, the way it was structured, a lot of shade, there was ice on top and it, was the, it would melt and it would go down and make, make ice down where this cliff was. I was going down in my SUV, literally, my, and I'm used to driving in the snow, I'm not scared of it, but I started to slide and I realized I had zero control. I unbuckled, I opened the door because I thought to myself, I'm, I'll let the car go, I'm not gonna die here. Yeah, and I yeah. literally, at the last second, my tire caught some gravel and it pulled me over to the other side and I was able to sit, collect my thoughts and then get, and then kinda, but it was a scary moment. I thought, and I sure. said, we can't sell this now. So we took it off the market. And then we found out we had more problems with it. We had stuff to do in the winter, in the summertime and we held it, we priced it too high for too long. Yeah, yeah. We kept thinking, well, someone will come along. Right. The minute we lowered it by $100,000, we started getting some foot traffic, and then we finally sold it. But I think, and then, then it took that guy like three months to close because it was all kinds of problems because of the land and where it was and whatever. So the whole thing, I think our holding costs were, I was anticipating like 50 grand. I think our holding costs were like 180 grand or 200 mm. grand holding costs. So wow. we're having to mow it, plow it, keep yeah. the pond cleaned out, you know, the heating, all that stuff. It, it just, Everything and the taxes on that house were oh, yeah. eighteen thousand dollars a year. Oh my gosh! Eighteen G. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're in the south, man. You don't know what it's like up here in the north. It's brutal with taxes. And that that house was a killer. So yeah. we paid thirty six grand in taxes just for the privilege of owning that for two years. And then not everybody wanted to live by a cell phone tower either because yes. of the radiation. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it real yeah. close to the yeah. house? It was pretty close to the yeah. house. Okay. So that, that shrunk the buyer's pool even smaller. I mean, the fact, yeah. the fact that I had a third eye pop in front of my head, I wasn't sure what the problem was when I was talking to people. There's nothing wrong with this place. <laughs> There's That's nothing wrong here. So it was crazy. You know, really, it, we learned a ton from it. But financially, it was probably one of our worst deals because we were expecting to make close to 200 and we made $4,000. Yeah. So it was a sad day. Very anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, exactly. Hey, at least you didn't, you didn't lose money on it. I mean, that's that's good. You lost a lot of time and effort and energy. Oh, oh we, we lost money. Yeah, I mean. we lost. Yeah, it feels like we lost money when you start putting your, we start putting our time into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. That's insane. Crazy. You know, it's a, it is a common theme, even in my business and other people's business too. It's like you step outside of your lane into, to, into something that's just way different than what you do day to day. And especially if you see big dollar signs and a lot of times you just don't know it well enough. You didn't know right. what it was like to take on such a massive house and project, especially with land and maintaining land and you got stung. You just yep. did. Yeah. You just don't think about all that stuff that the, the thing we teach our students is to always make sure you buy right. Cause if you buy it right, at least if you screw up, you you can take a minimal loss. You know what I mean? If you now if, if we had bought that house for for three hundred grand, we'd have lost a hundred thousand dollars. You know, yeah, if we, yeah. we had paid that. That's now, right. what what would I have done differently? Everything. That sucker, man. I would have hold. I would have wholesaled that all day long because I think for the amount of land and the house, somebody would have paid us three hundred grand for it, yep. just as is. 
Yep. It, totally. it was a set, assessed for six something. So I think that that would have been the case, but totally. you know, live and learn, live and learn guys. That was a good, <laughs> I hate it for you. At least on paper, you didn't lose money. So we'll give right. you a little pat on the back for that. Yeah. Glenn and Amber, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having us, Ken. All right, talk soon. Hey, Deal Farm listeners. If you haven't heard, I just recently released a book through Bigger Pockets Publishing called Profit Like the Pros. If you dig the Best Deal Ever podcasts, you will definitely want to get your hands on this book. I take 25 stories from some of the top investors in the country and distill them down into 25 separate chapters not only entertain you, but educate and inspire you in all different facets of real estate investing. From wholesaling and flipping to self-storage, multifamily and commercial, we get into the details of short sales, subject twos, and even land flipping. And whether you're a brand new investor or you have years of experience under your belt, I promise you this book will engage you. If you would, take a minute, go to Amazon and order this book, Profit Like the Pros. And if you like it, please leave us a review. Thanks so much, folks, and I will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.